Well, hello. Welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, where our hope is to dig a little bit deeper into that week's sermon, so that way we just might dig it a little bit deeper into our hearts. Before we introduce ourselves, I'm a little flustered. Are you? You probably know why I'm flustered. Judah probably doesn't know why I'm flustered. I, I had a cup of coffee, and on my way in here, I dropped the cup of coffee. And I'm very sad. The, the mug broke, but I'm more sad about the coffee being lost inside of it. So now I have to drink Keurig coffee. <laughs> oh, no. Like the rest of us. <laughs> like a peasant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always sad when, you know, gravity is still turned on and, yeah. you know, uh, it's nice of you to test that for us. Yeah. I was just, but. I was in a hurry and... My cup hit the wall, fell, and I was sad, and I had to pick it up, and I didn't have my coffee. So anyways, I've got this. Do you all drink Keurig coffee? Do you like it? Is it, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I know you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I do it from time to time. Do you? Do you even drink coffee? I am not a coffee enjoyer. No? I like the smell, but I don't like the coffee. Have you ever had good coffee? Um, I don't know. Anyways, let us know what you do. Uh, do you drink Cure coffee or do you, you know, drink better things? And don't say Starbucks. That's not a better thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll agree on that. I'm not a big fan of Starbucks coffee. Anyways. That's okay. Let's introduce ourselves. My name is Chris Brown, and I'm the associate pastor here. My name is Jacob Belding. I'm the director of automotive distribution. Uh, and I'm Judah, the guy in the chair. Director of Automotive Distribution. Does that mean that you maintain the, the I help vehicles? with the parking lot, yeah. Oh, the parking lot. I was thinking like the, the bus and the van. You just, <laughs> no. I was like, doesn't Michael do more of that? <laughs> yeah, he does. Director of Automotive Distributions. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I help with the parking lot. That's all it means. Yes. I just had to think of a fancier way to say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds I've, a little flashier. Yeah. I forgot to set my timer over here. If y'all, just so y'all know, uh, we have to streamline today a little bit because I actually have to be somewhere after this. So that being said, enough about parking cars. <laughs> um, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Today we are talking about Pastor Lee's sermon called Building Friendships, which this is actually part one of a little two-part mini-series, and so you get to look forward to what we're going to talk about next week. But this week, we're talking about building friendships, and it's all through the mindset of the Bible calls us to have friendships with each other, um, like biblical community with each other. And so kind of the, the question is, how do we do that? How do we start to build friendships with each other? Um, probably lots to talk about. Let's go ahead and read our passage on it, uh, and the passage is going to make no sense at all in context context to this topic, but we'll go ahead and read it anyway. So this is Acts 12, starting in verse 15. Jacob, you want to take us, take it over? Not take us over, but take it over? <laughs> yes. I'm going to see if my coffee's uh, cool enough to drink now. Sounds good. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. Oh, so, uh, That's 15. Oh, and 16. Oh, and 16. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I, I thought that's what you read, right? Uh, just 15. Oh, it was just 15? Okay. Yeah. Which, well, by the way... I read um, 16, too. Yeah. Do you ever quote scripture to your wife? Uh, on occasion. Uh, I did the other day, and she like looked at me, and she was like, you be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a good one to throw in the, the pipeline. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, you are out of your mind. <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen that guy? He's uh, He has a video where 
um, like he's got real long hair and he's like, okay, instead of, you know, hurling insults just willy nilly, use biblical insults. And he's like ripping scriptures out of context, but it's really, really funny. I'm going to spread dung on your face. Yeah, but basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's some, that's not, okay. We won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. This is a good one to throw in the pipeline. Uh, if you and your wife are in a disagreement, just quote Acts twelve fifteen. It's God's word. It's God's word. You're out of your mind. <laughs> that says the Lord. Okay. We're going to get back into that. that. Don't, don't actually do that <laughs> with your wife, please. <laughs> Judah, here's some tips for you uh, for whenever you do find a lady. I'm over here cringing. Yeah, you're <laughs> It'll make sense one day. Um, we'll get back to that passage in just a second. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense now, but it'll make a little bit more sense later. Okay, so uh, the again, like I said, the the sermon is about building friendships, building deep community, and Pastor Lee almost does like a a uh, a, a character study, uh, mm-hmm. if you will, on uh, two different people in the New Testament. One is John Mark, and the other is uh, uh, Rhoda. Is that her name? Yes, Rhoda, uh, an obscure character. Um, Very obscure. Uh, from a uh, the passage that we just read, uh, but Pastor Lee digs a lot into each of these. So John Mark, we should know a whole lot about John Mark, right? Because we're our church is going through uh, the Gospel of Mark in our uh, small groups. So any, any insight you want to share? Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of what Pastor Lee talked about. He was mm-hmm. a companion of uh, of, of Paul uh, for a while. He was also a companion of Peter and uh, was a translator as well. Um, but you know, apart from the passages that Lee pointed out, I mean, we don't really know a whole lot more about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he he was a translator. Yeah. Uh, for who? Uh, Peter. Like to the other. Um, I think while he was in Rome. Oh, interesting. I think I missed uh, that one. I might yeah. need to double check that. Yeah. But have you second guessing yourself? Now I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, uh, it wasn't like a. That's wrong. It was more no, like no, no. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I'm. I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. That uh, yeah, he was his companion, but also helped him translate. You know. Uh, you know. But I'm sitting here thinking about it. You know, in Rome, you know they they wrote in Greek, and Peter had to have known how to speak in Greek at least. You would think. Wouldn't just have been Aramaic, right? I mean, you, to to get know, along yeah, with maybe. with you know, governing authorities. I mean, that's usually sure, what happens, yeah. right? Like, like there's a reason we speak English, which, um, like the modern day English that we have. If you go back to the 11th century, right, you have the Norman conquest of England. Well, the Normans were all French speakers, and so whenever they come in and, and take over the country, all of the um, the old English speakers, right? If they're going to get along with the new sort of establishment, they've got to learn a little bit of French at least mm-hmm. to be able to get along. And so what happens is you have French gets sort of merged together with old English, mm-hmm. right? And that's why like today it's easier to take like a Spanish class in school because there's all those cognate words where, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds a lot like our English word for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because, well, we kind of we've seen that blend together, right? So it's yeah. more than likely the same way. That's kind of how the the Philippines were. Uh, they uh, uh, Spaniards. So who was? I don't know. Uh, so Spanish speaking uh, place came in to control and well, probably Spain then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, came in and um, and so the Philippine language uh, to Tolongo. 
think is what it's called. Uh, adopted a lot of characteristics mm-hmm. of Spanish. Uh, anyways, just well, well, happens. Yeah, so, uh, fun fact. Okay, yeah. so uh, so he probably spoke a little bit of Greek, but maybe not. Maybe super not fluent. Enough, maybe yeah. just enough to like to get by. To get by. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, I'll go translator. Check it. I'll yeah. go check it. You know. Yeah, um, John Mark. Uh, one thing is interesting, and I think Pastor Lee mentioned this: is uh, you know we got the Gospel of Mark, but Mark wasn't a disciple, mm-hmm. uh, and so most believe that it's really the Gospel of Peter, um, and because Paul, or sorry, because uh, Mark went on mission with Peter, um, he likely heard all these firsthand accounts from Peter, and then just wrote it down, mm-hmm. right? And so um, it's kind of an interesting. Ghostwriter, as, as Lee uh, pointed out. But why was Mark on mission with Peter? Well, because he and Paul didn't get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some differences. Uh, I don't think we know too much about the specifics of you know what it was that went down. But long, yeah. So the um, so so yeah, the first missionary journey that Paul and Barnabas took, and Mark went on it, and then Mark. I think it was like on the first stop on the thing. Mark was like, "I'm out." Yeah, I'm he done. peeled back. Now, why? Yeah, we don't yeah, know. We, we don't know. Um, but he left. Paul apparently thought it wasn't a good reason, mm-hmm. whatever he left for, and so that's what led to that disagreement when they went on their second missionary journey. Barnabas, uh, sorry, yeah, no, Barnabas, yeah, Barnabas, yeah, Barnabas uh, had a an affinity, I guess, for John Mark and wanted him to come, and Paul was like, "Nope." Uh, we're we're all on board here, and he bailed. We're not doing it again, and and that's kind of what mm-hmm. what broke up the the party. Yeah, the party. Yeah, um, but who knows? Uh, Mark was young. Maybe he got overwhelmed. Uh, missed home. Missed his mom. I don't maybe. know. Uh, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he wanted to go play video games. Who knows? <laughs> um, but for whatever reason, he left. Paul didn't find it a a good. Uh, a good uh, excuse. Let's just ask this question uh, because because a lot of what what Pastor Lee gets into is that disagreement between Paul and Mark and how that eventually got uh, healed. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you have done in that situation? Are you Team Paul or Team Barnabas here? Um, What's well, hard to say without knowing the specifics because mm-hmm. it's you know. Let's just speculate wildly. <clears throat> Um, I mean, I, I'll probably side with Paul on that one, mm-hmm. just if I have to pick a side, um, just because, I mean, it's, you know, it was serious business that they were going about. I mean, yeah. you know, not, not, there was the, you know, sharing the gospel and spreading the gospel, uh, but at the same time, I mean, they're going to be uh, heavily, heavily persecuted. And so I think if, if Paul had a hard time trusting John Mark, and they were going into very, very basically hostile territory, mm-hmm. you know, like, who do you want to have your back on that? Mm-hmm. Somebody that you trust or somebody that you don't trust? And so mm-hmm. uh, if Paul is, you know, kind of leading that up, then, yeah, if he says, no, I don't think so, I'm, I'm not taking, I don't want to take him, then yeah. I think probably best for him to stay behind. But. Yeah, I think if you're coming at it from a kind of a purely logical standpoint, I, th- I think you would line up with Paul. Barnabas, I think, probably uh, had some kind of tie mm-hmm. to Mark and uh, Solabesta Mark wanted a lot of redemption for Mark in that, which is fine. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's almost like ministry. Um, there, uh, so like if 
if you lead in ministry, there are things that you may do, like mistakes that you may make, that may cause you to have to like step down yeah. from from that ministry, whether it's in official capacity as like a minister or pastor, um, or just like a, a lay position or whatnot. And there's all the grace in the world, especially yeah. uh, forgiveness salvifically. There's all the, the grace in the world, repentant, coming before God. Um, but then there's like the aspect of even though um, you can be restored to God, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can be restored to ministry, right. Um, right. depending on the offense. Um, I think the majority of offenses, you can at some point... Uh, after repentance, be restored to ministry. There's some of them that I would say is probably like a permanent disqualification. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's times that you may make a mistake and you need to be removed from ministry. Let, let, let's talk about more official capacity, like so actually on staff at church. Uh, make a mistake, you need to be removed from that position. And you tell the person like, hey, go go seek repentance and you will have a place of ministry, but that place of ministry just may not be here. Right, yeah. right. Uh, and so it, it, it may be that same case for Paul, where it's like, hey, you made a mistake, that's fine. Uh, there's all the grace in the world. Um, you can continue to do ministry. It's just not going to be with me right. um, on, on the mission field in this particular case. Again, we're all we're just kind of speculating. We, we don't know what happened yeah. uh, specifically. Um, but what we do know is that Paul took um, Silas Silas, and uh, continued his ministry, and Barnabas parted ways and took Mark and continued to do his ministry. Uh, and so they agreed to disagree and moved on yeah. uh, with the work, which brings us to what happened. So, so there's a disagreement between Mark and Barnabas and more so with, uh, sorry, Paul and Barnabas and more so with Mark. Uh, but later on, what we see is that what, what does Paul say about Mark in his final letter? Yeah, in Second uh, Timothy, let's see if I can find the passage. Uh oh, did I not put it in here? I totally didn't. Let me find it real quick. Okay. Whoops. So just some context for y'all uh, while he pulls up this passage. Um, Paul wrote a number of letters in the New Testament. Second Timothy is his final letter as to Timothy, uh, his protege. And a lot of people kind of regard this as like his final words yes. um, to, uh, to Timothy. Um, and so this yeah. is what he says. Yeah, so this is Second Timothy 4, starting in verse 9. This is the... the when, last... I say, sorry, when, I, when I say final words, I mean like, like Paul's... Getting close to death. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, Um, Yeah, so this is getting towards the end of this last letter, basically. Uh, Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, uh, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Uh, Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Yeah, so we go from... I don't want Mark on my team. Uh, you know, take him with you, start a new group, but not not with me. To Mark is a useful ministry companion to me, and I want him here with me. Yeah. Uh, what happened? No clue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. We, yeah. we have no idea. But behind the scenes, right? Clearly, mm-hmm. there was uh, they rectified that relationship. Um, maybe over time, Mark did uh, have a, a good track record of being re- reliable. Maybe mm-hmm. that was the issue. We like we don't know. That's the problem. Uh, but something clearly happened over time to where uh, 
Mm-hmm. Paul really prefers to have Mark there with him. Well, so a good example of this uh, is actually at Watermark Church. Um, so uh, a guy named Timothy Atik uh, started out as an intern there, and I can't remember exactly what happened, um, but but there's a thing where he had a misstep, and he actually had to be stepped down mm-hmm. from from his role. Uh, he went off, you know, that's probably when he was like 20, I don't know. Um, he's probably in his 40s now, so he went off, did ministry on his own for, you know, 20 years. Uh, he actually ended up leading Breakaway in, at A&M uh, for eight years or so. And they actually brought him back to Watermark, and now he's the lead pastor of preaching uh, at Watermark. And so it's it's a very similar thing where it's like, in your youth, had a mistake, and you just, you can't serve here anymore, and that's yeah. fine. Um, go seek repentance. Go go serve, and then kind of full circle. Okay, come back. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which yeah. is a uh, it's really cool mm-hmm. uh, to to see that play out. It's not like um, you know Paul from the moment that Mark left that first missionary journey. It's like you're dead to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't like that mm-hmm. at all. Well, and that's the the important thing, and and this is what. You know, Pastor Lee was trying to get at in terms of of the in, in context of the sermon is that if we're going to build friendships, you you have to be really intentional in that. It could have been very easy for Paul to write off Mark and Mark to write off Paul and just never speak to each other again. But for for Paul to go from I don't want you on my team to you know in my last days I want you here with me doing ministry with me. Um, there's a lot of in between that we don't know about a lot of healing, a lot of intentionality and, and all that going on. And so I think the I think Lee posed a question. Um yeah, so so comparing not that Paul was on hospice, uh, but in kind of your last days, Lee posed the question is, are you the kind of friend that someone would call in mm-hmm. in your last days? Uh any thoughts? I thought it was a good uh illustration mm-hmm. um to uh, you know, sort of put us in the mindset of Paul uh, in this uh, stage of his life. And, you know, yeah, well, clearly he wasn't on hospice. Uh, yeah. Care the Romans did not yeah. provide that. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. uh, certainly not for people that are fixing to be beheaded, but, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but no, I thought um, the the thrust of that is uh, it's pretty close to the same, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So let's just get a little bit practical. Um because again, the whole whole point of the sermon is kind of digging into okay, how do we build these deep friendships? What are some practical, like uber practical? Like I have no friends. Oh man, I have, I have no friends. I go to church here. How do I? What's what's the first couple steps I can take to to start to make my way towards friends? I would say uh, get here early and stay late. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are great things to do. Uh, go when you get here early. Go to the coffee shop. Grab a donut and some coffee and. Just talk to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it, it makes it difficult to make friends uh, if you if you don't have any and you're going to church here. It's tough when you know the first thing that you do is you walk in the doors. You know, maybe you go drop the kids off and then you go sit in the sanctuary by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's tough to make friends that way. And you know, we're we're kind of to the point where you know it's uh, it's difficult to tell whether. You know, somebody is, you know, it's like their first Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like our church has grown so much is what I'm trying to say. Uh, is it your first Sunday? Have you been here for six months? Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some people I talked to um, Sunday before last, 
And I said, hey, you know, uh, I hadn't met him before. So I, I introduced myself, and we were kind of talking. I said, hey, is this, oh, is this y'all's first Sunday? Was, I, I don't think I'll ever ask anybody that again. <laughs> like, no, we've been here for several months. I'm uh, like, yes. how have I not met you yet? Yeah, I, I learned to stop asking that question. Yeah, yeah. Unless they come to the first steps lunch. I'll right. ask that question at first steps. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, but, how long? How long yeah. have y'all been going here? And I said, like, okay. And uh, anyway, and I was, and then we were talking about membership and how to go and do that. But, uh, but I mean, it's, and so like, I understand, uh, like from the church member side, like, what if I just don't know that person and they've been here for a year Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm like, Hey, are you new? Well, not really. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and so if you, uh, if you don't have friends and you're coming, then go hang out in the lobby, go hang out in the coffee shop. Just, you know, strike up a conversation with somebody, introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, like pastor mentioned, I think at the end, you know, for visitors and for church members, like we haven't met each other, so we're on even ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what if I'm gonna play devil's advocate? Mm-hmm. What if I'm introverted and socially awkward? Well, uh, do you want friends? <laughs> <laughs> it does make it tough. Yeah, it makes it tough. Um, one of the things that you can do is fill out a connect card. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a great way. If uh, I mean that that is sort of a first step. Like we have to know about you, mm-hmm. right, and and be able to contact you. Uh, but then we can uh, message back and forth. You don't, we don't even have to talk face to face, right? We can do it through the, through the cell phone yeah. and uh, text um, messaging and stuff. And well, let me ask you this: uh, So you've been doing this job for two years? It'll be two years in July. Yeah, two years doing connection stuff. I did connection stuff uh, for a while before you. And a lot of our job in that is going up and just talking to people yeah. that we don't know. Uh, is that awkward? Uh, it can be. Mm-hmm. It can be sometimes, like uh, especially when you're talking with somebody that is clearly not comfortable, mm-hmm. and, like that's more introverted. That makes it harder. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think uh, knowing, like going in, knowing questions to ask if the conversation stalls or when the conversation mm-hmm. stalls is a great way to uh, to help with that. Yeah. So uh, questions like, hey, uh, uh, you know, are, are y'all new to the area? You know, how long have you been coming to church here? And then they talk, okay, great. Uh, so what do you do? What do you do for mm-hmm. a living? I work, where did, if maybe if they're new to the area, where did you move from? You know, and people like generally like talking about themselves, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's a great way to get people yeah. to, to you know talk, and then from there, you know, you can strike up a conversation, and then um, you know just kind of see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But I think having those questions, you know, in the back of your mind, ready to go, uh, is uh, is a way to help with that awkwardness. Yeah. So two two things. So one, I asked that question because I think people who are more uh, socially awkward and introverted see other people have conversations and they're like, oh, it's just so easy for them. Like, it's hard for me, but it's easy for them. I can tell you this. I've had so many conversations with people I don't know. It's still awkward. It's just it's just part of life. Yeah. That's just awkward. You, you just, you, you don't know the person and you're going into a conversation cold. Right. Uh, and it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's not good or bad. It's just the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so if there's anyone out there, it's like, I'm just not good at conversations. I'm so awkward. We're all awkward. Just, we're, we're, we're fine. We're yep. all awkward. No one, no one has died <laughs> from introducing themselves to someone else. Um, I think. <laughs> Cause of death. Yeah. 
tried to talk to somebody new. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a category. <laughs> in 2020, COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> too friendly at their church. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, so that's just one thing. Okay, now now back to what you, what you were uh, talking about of like different ways to like actually create conversation. Mm-hmm. And here you're we're uber practical here. You're, yeah. Okay, so so you're getting a special treat. Um, uh, so there's a, a guy that I watch. I think his name is Ben or Vaughn. Anyways, he's a communication guy, and he was talking about um, how to how to develop conversations with people that you just met. And I thought it was brilliant the way that he he put it. Uh, he talked about creating threads within your conversation. And so if someone asks you, hey, where are you from? There's two ways you can do it. You can do, give the, the basic answer or you can create an answer that gives you threads. Mm-hmm. Um, so a basic answer. So if you ask me, Chris, where are you from? I'll say, I'm from Bonham. And that's it. Yeah. Like, or I could say, oh, I'm from Bonham. It's on the other side of uh, Dallas. It's small town, you know, kind of nice homey feel. And and now, like, I'm I'm giving details surrounding Bonham, and then they can kind of pluck from there. Yeah. Uh, and so they can. So instead of like Bonham just being some abstract place, and be like, oh yeah, like I've been to Dallas over there, or it's like, oh yeah, I grew up in a s- small town too. Right. And so it's kind of just creating opportunities for them to respond to it um, on that. So just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, on that one, the thing I would have picked up on is, oh, that's on the other side of Dallas. Dallas is like my iron curtain. Like, <laughs> I don't go to the other side mm-hmm. of Dallas. I try to avoid it if I can. Uh, no, just, yeah. you know. Uh, so anyways, How awful is Dallas? That's a great way to yeah. pick up a conversation. Yeah, everybody like, agrees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if, you're on this side of, if you're on this side of Dallas uh, in Fort Worth, and you grew up on the other side of Dallas, here's a great way. Hey, uh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Bonham. It's on the other side of Dallas. I got over here as quick as I could. Yeah. Boom. That will start a conversation. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. Traffic is terrible there. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Connect card. Uh, that's a great way in church, man. It's because it's like one of the hard things about um, people who uh, are more introverted and socially awkward is initiating conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, connect card, you're not initiating the conversation. You're just putting your information and then boom, we'll initiate the conversation uh, and kind of help you out. And anyways, yeah, um, here's one for me is just diligence. Mm -hmm. Uh, Friendships take diligence. Um, I've been here 10 years now. I have lots of friendships in the church, but it's because I've been here 10 years in press. And when I first got here, that was not the case at all. And... um, it's just, you know, asking people, hey, you want to go grab coffee? Hey, you want to go grab lunch? And I'll tell you this. If I was to ask 10 people to go grab coffee or lunch, maybe three of them would actually pan out. Mm-hmm. And it's not because the people, I, I don't, I'm not implying any ill intent on the the other seven that didn't work out. It's just People are busy, man. Yeah, sometimes people, it just doesn't work. People are busy. Schedules are crazy. Um, got kids, got life and sometimes it, it just doesn't pan out and and what I didn't do was go home and be like okay everyone hates me right. and so I should just give up it's being as charitable as I possibly mm-hmm. can be and just be like hey we're all we're all busy um let's try again yeah um yeah yeah which I think uh sitting here thinking about it uh here's an I think that's uh, another good strategy for those especially for those that are more introverted mm-hmm. um Introverts, you have, you know at least somebody, right? If you've been going to church for 
you know, uh, let's say a while, surely you've met somebody that is an extrovert mm-hmm. and you're friends with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and off the top of my head, I can think of like four <laughs> that, that I know that are here mm-hmm. that, man, they just, they love talking and they can carry their own conversation all by themselves. <laughs> Team up with them. Yeah. Like say, oh, hey, um, I noticed that person over there uh, looks like, you know, they're wide eyed. They're kind of looking around like it's their first time. Let's go talk to them. Let's go meet them. And so take your extroverted, talkative friend and and go help. They can carry the conversation. You can be there and you know weigh in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when you have an opportunity. But that's another great way. Yeah. Uh, to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Piggy, uh, when you're weak, piggyback on someone who is strong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, uh, I've done that. Yeah. Uh, or I know that I've got to do X, Y, and Z this morning and. Uh, there's somebody that you know I definitely need to go talk to. I don't have time to have you know a ten minute conversation. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, hey, uh, how's it going this morning? Yeah, why don't you come with me real quick? Let's mm-hmm. go talk to this person, and then you know we'll kind of start talking. Like, hey, all right, you know I gotta go do whatever, and mm-hmm. then you know leave them to talking yeah. at least. Yeah, and so absolutely. I've done that. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, just being intentional, going out there, doing it, being diligent. Um, uh, yeah, and it'll happen. Yeah. Like it's it's this isn't a one month process. Uh, this isn't probably honestly even a one year process. Like it's it's just gonna take a lot of time. Um, and you might say, oh, that's that's too hard. I'm out. And it's like, well, like anything in life worth doing is gonna take effort. Yeah, and and time is gonna pass anyway. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. I mean, like five years is gonna come and go. You know whether we're ready for it to come and go or not. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing with that five years? Well, yeah. we might as well make some friends. But might know, as well along the way. Yeah, uh, uh, ten years is going to go by, yeah. right? Do you want to, you know, do you want to be lonely and the lone wolf, or do you want to, you know, be right. connected and make friends? So well, and like, uh, so so this is something that I had to like process. So in high school and in college, I. <clears throat> I had so many like close friends mm-hmm. um, and then all of a sudden you get out of college and you get into the real world, you move to a new town, new job. And all of a sudden you're like, I have no friends. Yeah. And, and you try to make friends and, and you're like, I don't understand. Like I had, it was so easy to make friends in high school and college. And now like, it's so hard to make friends. And I think the reason being is when you're, when you're in high school, you're locked in a room with hundreds of other people within you know a few years age of you mm-hmm. for eight hours a day yep. five days a week it's like you're you're just gonna make friends it's yep. like if you go to prison you're gonna make friends right because you're locked in a cage with them. <laughs> friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> you go to the the glorified prison of high school you're gonna make friends right <laughs> uh unless you're homeschooled then i guess do you make friends with your <laughs> judah do you make friends with your siblings at that you point ha- you had to call me out <laughs> yeah. yes you, yes you do your siblings just better be- worse yeah they just become your fr- best friends at that point yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh when you go to college even more so especially if you live on on campus um you're in classes with all these guys in your major uh you may live with them in the dorm mm-hmm. uh if you don't live with them you probably go eat with them in the cafeteria like you just spend so much uh, um exorbitant amount of times with these people and time is just your friend in yeah. this case uh like the more time you spend with someone the more you're going to get to know them mm-hmm. and you're going to move past that awkwardness and you're going to move into a deeper friendship with them okay now fast forward to reality 
um, where like you get all college, get out of high school, and you're in a job and in uh, a town you don't know anyone. Let's say church. Um, you go to church. Let's say you're really active, and so you got two hours on Sunday, one hour during the middle of the week. Let's call, let's throw in one more hour just in case you come to like Wednesday nights and a small group. That's four hours a week. In high school, you were doing twice that in one day, yeah. right? And so it's it's like it makes complete sense that the process to building friendships is going to take more time in adulthood because you're just spending less time with them. Mm-hmm. And so there's ways you can speed that up. You know, ask them to coffee, ask them to lunch, uh, like go hang out, um, uh, and that will add more time to that. But it's just time. Time is yeah. a reality. Yeah, and and I think. You know, really highlighting the the intentional part of mm-hmm. it. I mean, that's especially you know, given uh, you know the the lack of time compared to like growing up and being in school, uh, you're even being in college on campus where I mean, you're you're like walking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're running into people at uh, at the meal places where everybody's eating or at the library, and um, it kind of brought to mind. I saw this uh, article the other day and it was about this community that they they planned and built deliberately it was out in um Arizona somewhere and the concept was a carless society mm-hmm. or have you seen this or community not no. a society but uh, a community. I, I, I know the concept yeah though. yeah and it was uh it was interesting because and even it might have been in a video uh, and they were interviewing people but uh, the concept was okay. Instead of having like streets, like where the cars normally would be, and parking lots and things, like everything's much closer together, and there's a lot more like public areas, and like hey, the street would be here. Instead, there's tables and chairs. Like people mm-hmm. sit down and drink coffee, and mm-hmm. um, and then everywhere that you would have to go is like uh, within a 15 minute walking distance. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember how many hundred hundreds of people that you know, kind of like the first wave of of people that they rented out apartments to or whatever. But it was an interesting concept Mm -hmm. because, I mean, if you're walking everywhere, you know, you're having, you're probably walking with people or, you know, you're seeing other people Mm -hmm. that maybe you recognize. Mm -hmm. And it's generally more um, social space, I guess, right? For us, like we get in our cars and driving, don't get me wrong, I love love Mm -hmm. my truck and driving places. But, um, you know, what do you do? What's our relationship like on the road? Right. Generally, it's like, why are you on the road? Uh, I'm going that way. Yeah, everything's much more isolated. Yeah, now. like yeah. you drive isolated, you live isolated. Sometimes you work isolated. Uh, if I even if I go to Walmart, I'm not going there to talk to people. Uh, yeah. You try to talk frontier people, frontier <laughs> internet. You try to talk to me at Walmart, you're going to make me mad. Well, it's funny I'm you not- mentioned Walmart because that evening, like after I watched that video or read that article, and there was a video in it, maybe. I went to Walmart, and so mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this. Like, mm-hmm. This is it's just an interesting concept. It's like, mm-hmm. is this how most of the world has lived, like until like cars really mm-hmm. were a thing? And you know, what was what was that like? So I'm walking through Walmart. I had to go get dog food. I forgot, and the feed store closed. So anyway, so I'm walking up one of the main aisles, you know, by the food, uh, to head to the back. And like, there's one other guy. It was late enough, and he 
passing by and I like I was looking at him I was just gonna say hi you know hey mm. how's it going whatever and he like looked down looked away <laughs> I'm like all right so then I got my dog food and I'm heading back down by the electronics and back down by um, like where the party stuff is and there was uh, another uh, this was a woman and she's walking by and I was just gonna say hey how's it going and whatever and she's same thing looks down <laughs> and looks away <laughs> I'm like, not interested that's right. not it's not what I'm here for <laughs> Like and I get it. It's like yeah. I don't want to talk all the time either. Yeah. But uh, it just—I just thought it was funny that well, it was like that night. I know? think a lot of it though is um, uh, defense mechanisms mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I think as a society we are so inept at being social uh, in situations that that we don't know people. Our defense mechanism is to like guard ourselves from even getting into that uncomfortable position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I see it all the time. Uh, here at church, not to call anyone out, uh, but like when I'm at the exit, as yeah. people are leaving, there's some people that will like very clearly like look at me and, and say hi, you know, see you next week, shake my hand. And then there's some people that will do everything in their power to like not make eye contact yeah. because they know once eye contact is made, interaction is going to happen. And mm-hmm. so I'm just going to, I don't want to be in that uncomfortable position. So I'm just going to go and keep going. Yeah. Which I totally get. I'm an insurer. Uh, I get that. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's uh, as you are mentioning, uh, going back to the intentionality, mm-hmm. you're only going to move past uh, that awkward phase into friendship if you just be intentional and just lean into the uncomfortableness. Yeah. Because it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, that's um, right. It's just. Again, it's not right. It's not wrong. It's just is what it is. Ever since Adam and Eve ate the fruit and realized they were naked and hid themselves from each other, uh, we have been dealing with it ever since. Yep. Uh, and so, anyways, okay. Let's um, let's shift it. So I'm gonna summarize real quick the the passage that that uh, Lee mentioned. So the out of your mind passage. So Peter was in prison. Uh, an angel broke Peter out of the prison. That's cool. Go read yourself. Um, <laughs> and back at the uh, the home, whose home was it? Was it John Mark's? Uh, Mary, John Mark's mother. John Mark's mother. Back at their home, they were actually praying for Peter to be liberated out of that. Well, Peter shows up. One of their servants, Rhoda, saw the door that Peter was there, got very excited because they had been praying and talking about it for who knows how long. And then went back to tell everyone, but as Lee pointed out, she forgot to open the door, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and kind of comparing this to to us. Um, so as Christians, as part of the church, as people who are meant to be a light and uh, uh, inviting to the world, we can see the people come in, we get very excited, yet we forget to open the door, uh, meaning we forget to greet them, uh, be friendly to them, uh, invite them in. So um, a lot of what we've been talking about has been generally how can you contact steps to make friendships. Let's shift it now into uh, just a few minutes because I've got to get going. But um, what are some things to think about on the church member side? So I'm a member of the church, a new person comes in. What are some things that I can do to make sure that I'm inviting them in. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the first thing is to have some, uh, have the right perspective. 
Right. One of the things that Pastor mentioned was uh, he had his own bad doctrine, right? People mm-hmm. on the All About Azel page, yep. which is just, you know, it's comical. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'll read it just every once in a while just for the uh, entertainment value, mm-hmm. pure entertainment purposes. Um, but, though, you know, there's that, uh, that laundry list a lot of the times of, like, I need a church that fits these criteria and... You know, uh, it's like it's not bad to want a thriving youth ministry for mm-hmm. your, you know, teens and those sorts of things. Um, but you know, he said that hey, maybe instead of uh, you know talking about those things, say hey, you know, where is it that God would have you to be? Um, and so I think you know when we have people come through the door, uh, you know, there, there's a reason. Uh, I think first, um, they're they're not there on accident. And so I think having a perspective that, hey, uh, we want for these visitors that are coming in to be plugged into a biblically-based a, uh, a church uh, that is God-honoring, and so this is a great church for them to be at. And I think if you kind of have that macro perspective on it, like, how can I then help that person get plugged in here? Or how can I help that person make friends here? Well, the best way is to go and be a friend. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think with that perspective um, there and kind of the thought of, hey, let me help them kind of a thing, it's like, you know, it's less about you then, right? The pressure is a little bit more off of that one awkward conversation that you might have, and it's instead on the much bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kinda, he, he also mentioned that, um, you know, hey, your new best friend may be a visitor today, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? It's kind of the same thought mm-hmm. uh, of that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's something they mentioned. So he mentioned a, a, a review uh, of the church that someone wrote that you know they had a great time yet they uh, weren't greeted, um, and he said that they said uh, that they sat there and they felt invisible. And here's a a uh, a sequence of events that that Lee mentioned that I thought was pretty good. That if a person goes unnoticed, then they feel that the place is unfriendly which means they feel that they're unwanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, you know, the, that conclusion is like, you know, if they, if they go unnoticed, you're like, oh, it's like you, you don't feel too, too bad, but like, like you feel bad. You don't want them to, to go unnoticed, but you don't feel awful about it because like, you know, things are busy. But then once you go down that sequence of events that they feel unwanted, it's like, oh man, I feel really bad about that. Cause yeah. like, it's not, uh, I can not notice you, but that doesn't mean that I don't want you, but that's the perception, right? Yeah. Uh, when people come into the church and you know, you got that famous, uh, you know, passage uh, of Lee talking, not Lee, Jesus talking to the disciples, saying that uh, the world will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. And if people are coming in to the church, trying to figure out, okay, who is this Jesus? And then they come in and they feel unloved and they feel unwanted and uh, unnoticed. Like now we're communicating the complete opposite of what we want to communicate. Uh, and so that's, you know, in the, in the grander scheme, like you mentioned, uh, is like going up and talking to someone and saying hi to someone and shaking someone's hand is a way to build relationships. But even more than that, it's a way to communicate the gospel mm-hmm. that you are wanted, that, that just how God loves you, I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just how God is reaching out to you, I'm reaching out to you, um, so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah. So it's just keeping that in mind. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there's more that we can probably say about this. Um, uh, we'll get but, a chance next week. Yeah, that's this right. Is just we're, part one. Yeah, we're just going to keep. 
here's what we should do. Just play this video. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> he said it's going to be more practical. We've already gotten into all the practical. That's right. Yeah. So We've written just, a sermon for him yeah. at this point. Uh, so if if we're being played uh, Sunday morning, high church. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, that's part one of building friendships. Took a look at uh, John Mark. Took a look at Rhoda. And just kind of digging into how can we be more intentional about building deep biblical relationships and how can we uh, present the love of Christ better to those who come into the church. Mm-hmm. All right, now it's time to move into the Bad Doctrine of the Week. It's the Bad Doctrine of the Week. All right, Bad Doctrine of the Week. Last week, if you were here, uh, we talked about the Gen Z Bible translation and I feel like a boomer because I'm just like an old fuddy-duddy, crabby old man, uh, you know, on my uh, on my porch saying, like, don't y'all change the things. Um, so, at the risk of sounding even more crabby and stoic about uh, things, uh, we are going to uh, take a look at a video. Uh, for, I believe the church is Crossroads Church. And for their Super Bowl Sunday service, they did this kind of skit thing. Uh, we're not going to show you the whole skit. Go look up on your own. Uh, or don't. Uh, d- did you see the whole skit or just that one little uh, part? I saw, it, I think it was like a little bit of a mashup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's this, it's a big church. It's a big church and they, you know, props to them. They've got really good production um, in their church. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing in church? I, I don't know. Um, what are they doing with it? Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll let y'all be the judge of it. Um, but man, they like have like uh, like pyrotechnics and stuff like that. So, okay, here, here's what's going on. Um, uh, they kind of framed it as a, a sports arena, and I think they have two teaching pastors, and the two teaching pastors were going to go head-to-head against each other. So they had the referee, they announced one of them, they came in, you know, went down the aisle, um, you know, uh, high-fiving people and brought them up, did a coin toss, and it was the battle of the pastors, right? It's you know, a, a fun skit. Should that be in church? I, I, I don't know. That, that, that's not the, the what, what I'm uh, getting at here. We could, today. but we won't. Today. We could, yeah. but we won't. We might. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, that's the context of what's going on. So, within that context, here is uh, the video. Tom wins the toss, chooses to receive the Bible. Patterson back with the kick. So, there's the Bible, right? Oh, my goodness! Is that a touchback? Can you even get a touchback? First time in 18 years. So, if you couldn't see what's going on, or if you're listening on the podcast, um, they, you know, they did the coin toss, and then they had a a Bible, allegedly. What we'll talk about that Bible in a football looking um, Bible case, and they set it up like a uh, like a kickoff, and one of the pastors kicked it. All fun and games. I don't even know what they're trying to get at here, really. Um, Opening thoughts. What did we just watch? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was a decent kick. (laughs) I'll give them that. It was a decent kick. She practiced. 
Yeah, it, yeah uh, apparently. I mean, it kind of went off the side of her foot. I, I don't know. But, uh, but she's kicking a Bible. How, how yeah. easy is that to kick? <laughs> yeah, you would think it's pretty easy, uh, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, uh, so, I mean, oh, for opening thoughts, I think that's the issue, mm-hmm. right? Is how is it that, how do we go about treating the Bible? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're going to yeah, get at yeah. today? Is that the stream? Okay. <clears throat> There's lots of things. There's lots of things about. we could have talked about yeah. uh, in this, but most specifically, she kicked the Bible. Ha ha. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was actually a story that we had uh, one of the professors in one of my classes at Southern Seminary talked about uh, back in the I think it was the it was the eighties the nineteen eighties. Uh, kind of the state that uh, the seminary was in, uh, there was uh, it was very very uh, liberal um, as far as uh, the theology goes, and uh, he mentioned that in that very lecture hall from which he's giving the lecture, uh, they were there was a uh, professors that would start off their class by taking a Bible, setting it on the ground, and then standing on it. And then delivering a lecture uh, sta- from standing on top of the Bible. <laughs> it's like, and, like, this is the foundation of my teaching kind of thing? Uh, or, no, I, I think it was, uh, uh, like, the point was, hey, this, uh, the book isn't so much divinely inspired as it is, um, this is man's word back to God, or it's it's a man-made book. Mm. Um, you know, there's no real reason to, you know, to respect it, basically, mm-hmm. uh, as God's word, as the okay. inspired word of God. And so... Hot take. Uh. Yeah, yeah, and so the uh, the reason that he was kind of rehashing all this for us was to show really the difference, right? We had the conservative resurgence in the SBC and in the way that that the Southern Baptist Convention is organized and uh, the way that it works and how it is that uh, really uh, biblical uh, Christians, right, were able uh, biblical Baptists, I guess, mm-hmm. were able to. Uh, make Biblical Southern Baptist. Biblical Southern Baptist, <laughs> thank you. We're able to make strides in... Biblical Southern Baptist in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just this, this would have been in Kentucky. But, yeah. You know, I mean, but all over yeah. the United yeah. States, right, mm-hmm. uh, we're able to, uh, you know, lead that resurgence basically to regain control of the, the convention, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, as part of that, you also have uh, these uh, Biblical Southern Baptists um, are able to retake uh, control of the seminaries, right? And what's uh, the professors and who's leading them? And that's when uh, Al Mohler, right, was uh, he became the president of the seminary up there. And since then, uh, it's been it's been great, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, very much more biblical and biblically based, um, acknowledging. I mean, that's and that is the foundation, right? Is acknowledging Scripture, the Bible as the Word of God, as inspired. Um, and then from there, the rest kind of takes care of itself in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But, um, right, it's the same. I think there's probably the same kind of thinking going on here. Like, oh, what is the Bible? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it uh, is it worthy of respect? Like, what is it? Is it inspired? Is it really, truly God's Word? Or is it just a man, another man-made mm-hmm. book? And it seems like, you know, and I don't know. I don't know anything about this church. Uh, no, I, I don't either. Literally what we just saw. Yeah. But um, teeing off with a Bible... Um, doesn't strike me as uh, really acknowledging, you know, the uh, special nature of that revelation, right? And and there's certainly a balance here. And and yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about the church. I don't know anything about what they were trying to communicate past what we just watched. Um, my guess is they're not trying to make any statement 
with it, but that's not even what we're even getting at. It's, I don't think they were trying to make a statement, but just in doing so, they are they're making a statement. Making a statement. Yeah. Um, now, on the far spectrum, so I grew up believing this. I grew up believing that if the Bible touched the ground, it was no longer holy anymore. So you got the Holy Bible, touch the ground, no longer holy. New, new Bible. Yeah. Um, Ceremonially bury it in the backyard while yeah. you play taps. And right. Go. And so there's that <laughs> side of it. Um, there, there's people like, so on the other side of this debate, you know, people will say it's the Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Uh, that, that, you know, we, we throw the, the, the Bible as part of the Trinity. Um, and certainly no one's saying that. Right. Um, uh, we, we, we don't want to go far enough to be like, this is a holy... Uh, like like the book itself is right. holy. Um, obviously, that's a little too far. On the other side, it's kind of what you're saying. The book is completely man-made. Like there's there's no there's no uh, authoritative aspect to it. It's just glorified information, mm-hmm. uh, historical information about God. Um, you know, obviously, we're 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 more on the holy side, but not like the book is holy. Right. But the the words are inspired, and so. Anyways, bring that back into this conversation. Um, I certainly don't want to treat the book itself as this like holy sacrament object. However, we do believe that it is the authority of God, that it is the inspired word of God. So there should be like some kind of line on like, are you going to treat this with respect? Mm-hmm. Um, and teeing it off, maybe. Be the most respectful thing, right? Uh, like, what is that communicating? Right. That's, that's really the yeah. Now, to be fair to Crossroads Church, apparently they put out a post because they received some some feedback. Really, uh, they uh, did. Understandably <laughs> so, they received some feedback, and so they put out a post saying, "Listen, guys, this we didn't actually kick the Bible. It was a um, it was a Bible cover that looked like a football, but there wasn't a Bible in it." And actually, looking back at the video, I believe them. I believe there wasn't a Bible in there. But you wanted me to believe there was a Bible in there. Right. Like, and so it's like, whether or not there's a Bible in there, that actually doesn't change the communication at all, because you set it up for me to believe that it was a Bible. Yep. Uh, so you're still communicating the exact same thing, whether or not there's a Bible in there. So, um, you know, again, I don't want to be like the crotchy old man being like, back in my day, we didn't do this. Um, <laughs> I had to burn 17 Bibles because they weren't holy anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, don't want to be that guy. But at the same time, kind of the same thing with the, the Gen Z translation. Is God up there watching this and being like, ah, good one? Or is he up there saying like, guys, no, no. Um I don't know for sure, but I would lean towards God is holy and he's to be respected and feared. And maybe maybe we're moving a little too far away from that. Um, I, I, I do believe like, so in the past, you know, 20 years or so, God has gone more from like, he's a holy God to be revered to God is my friend. Mm-hmm. And I think there's absolutely an aspect of God is your friend and God wants a personal relationship with you. That is absolutely true. But there's still a whole host of scripture of God is to be holy and revered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't want to go too far to the casual nature of God that we're losing aspect of he is still God. Right. Right. And so, so 
let's meet in the middle here. Yeah. Uh, let, let's let's take all aspects of God and hold them in tandem with each other. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. I like it. Here's the real question. Judah, would you punt the Bible? Uh, He's like, not anymore. Nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can set it up, man, if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Let us know what you think. If you were at... If you were at church on Sunday and we brought up their Bible and just and Roxanne just kicked it straight into the congregation, how would you respond? Would you get up and tackle her? <laughs> <laughs> Let Roxanne know personally in the comments. Anyways, all right, I'm already past you. Uh, we are so glad y'all joined us uh, today for our Digging Deeper podcast. We hope y'all have a great week.